a little different than what's normally going on where we have lights and heat. I know it's a little cold in here, so if you're feeling really cold, just scoot closer to the person next to you. Uh, we're glad you're here today. Um, it's not an easy day to drive in this weather and to be here, and so to be able to gather together and worship God together, I think, is such a big deal. So, um, if you're here for the first time, we want to welcome you. My name's Dan. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, and we have been going through a sermon series for our 2024 church theme, which quite simply has been titled, Trust in God. And that sounds very simple in, in terms of the wording, but we know that when it comes to our lives, that can be quite challenging. And um, if you've got your Bibles, uh, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, I always say it'll be up on the screen. Clearly, it will not be today. So we're thankful that God provides 5G for us. Um, so we have some similarities to the early church today where, you know, there's no power and no lighting. But the one thing we have that they didn't is 5G today where we can still access our Bible apps. Or if we've got our physical Bibles, we've got enough sunlight in here where you can see it. And so um, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago... Daniel took us through uh, the passage, of, which is our theme verse for this year, which is 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verses 6 and 7. So I want to read that again just to give us the context, and then we're going to read on from there, and that's going to be our main passage for today. But uh, when our elders were praying about our church theme for this year, and as we discussed it as a church leadership, um, the theme of trusting God coming from 1 Peter chapter 5, Verses 6 and 7 um, is where God led us for this year. So because it's only been a couple weeks since we shared this, uh, this is our theme verse for 2024. And in the book of 1 Peter, Peter writes, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So those are the theme verses, and it really centers on verse 7. That anything that we have, if, you have, if you've been with us, you know, two years ago, our church theme was about do not be anxious from the book of Philippians. And that was really important coming out of the pandemic. Um, but we love the verse, that we love the wording here that it says we can cast our anxieties onto God, our Heavenly Father, because we know that he cares for us. <clears throat> um, the next few verses are, I would say, quite interesting, thought-provoking. Maybe even a little bit scary. And I think there's some, I don't know, some eerie irony in the fact that we have no power and we're kind of more in the dark. And we're going to talk a little bit about the presence of spiritual warfare in our lives and in our world. Because that's where Peter goes in the text. So we're going to use this verse as our theme verse for this year. Um, as I kept reading, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say more about this as we go, but anytime there's passages in the Bible that kind of discuss the idea of spiritual warfare... I'm like really interested in that. Um, I think there's actually a good reason for it, but it might sound a little scary to us, um, but we're gonna see what we're gonna learn from. So these are our main verses for today. So let's keep reading. So we're gonna start in verse eight. We're gonna focus on verses eight to 11 today. So it says this. <clears throat> Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. 
To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we could gather together and worship you today, Lord. Um, we ask that you would be keeping people safe, that you would keep us safe on our way home um, for uh, just the conditions of the roads and people who might live near water, God, that there wouldn't be any uh, flooding. God, we know there's just a lot of challenges that exist uh, over these couple of days. We just ask that you would be keeping us safe. But God, I pray that you would show us that we have an even deeper need than just merely spiritual or uh, physical safety. But God, that there is a spiritual realm and many times a spiritual darkness in the world that we may not be aware of, that we need, um, and it's an area where we need to put our trust in you. So as we consider these words that we just read, God, would you help us to open our minds and our hearts to receive what you would say to us through your word. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> One second. Okay. So in this passage... Uh, we're going to talk about three things that we see here. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, starting from verse 8, Peter is encouraging the people of God to be aware of reality. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. We're going to see how the reality is scary. A lot of times it might be worse than we might think it is. And then we're going to see how in the midst of this we can trust in God's supernatural power. So that's what these verses are kind of centering us around. We want to be aware of reality. We want to know uh, kind of the depths of how that reality is. And then we want to see how we can trust in God in the midst of that. So the first part we see about being aware of reality, we see in verse 8. Because Peter writes, be alert and of sober mind. And so it's an encouragement to the people of God at this time. Uh, we see later on in a couple verses, we'll get there, that God's people were experiencing persecution in the early church, and they needed encouragement to know um, and to be aware of what was happening around them. And so there's this exhortation from Peter um, to the people of God to be alert and have sober mind. Um, have we ever heard the phrase that ignorance is bliss? Have we ever heard that before? Okay. Oh man, they're still teaching that in in schools to our young people. I think that phrase, I don't know where it came from, I think it's absolutely true. Um, I think many times, things we are unaware of, like get way worse once we're made aware of them. For example, on Friday night, I forget how this came up during youth group, but we became more aware of how many spider webs are present in our church sanctuary and in our church foyer. <laughs> to which I would say, Ignorance truly is bliss because if you don't, if you're not looking for it, if you don't see them, then you're not freaked out by like you know the presence of how many spiders might exist in our church. And now maybe I won't see some of you next Sunday. We'll see. <laughs> but Jeremiah, you know, who's recording our, our service right now, um, you, if you know him, you know he's gone to great lengths to uh, kind of work on renovations within our church, and so he hates spiders. So my job as a full-time employee has often been, damn, get rid of all the spiders so he can do like all the woodworking, all the redecorating and everything. And when you are actually looking for them, it's kind of scary because there's a lot. And uh, if, you know, if you know, we've been in this building for uh, close to 20 years now. And um, I would say the level of cleaning that should happen to keep our building up, um, we're probably somewhere like way under par in that regard. 
If you think about it, um, the preschool who rents this space, they're in here from Monday through Friday in this room. <laughs> so they do a pretty good job cleaning this room, keeping it nice, uh, decorating it. None of these decorations are ours. But if you go to the parts of the church where no one's there other than Fridays and Sundays, it is quite dirty. And the presence of bugs or spiders might actually be higher than you might think. So if you're scared of those things, stay out of the church entryway. And uh, maybe even if you start to look up in, the, up in the ceiling around the sanctuary, you can see that like, it's, quite, it's quite dirty and we need to do some deep cleaning. And so part of me sharing this is reminding myself that I, like, there's a role I can play in doing that because I'm sometimes here during the week. And so, uh, but it shows us that, um, that, this, is, that this, this statement that you might have heard, that ignorance uh, truly, or that um, ignorance truly is bliss, <coughs> I think is true in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of times then, if we, you know, it's one thing to think about spiders in our church building, and if you're scared of spiders, that's a big deal. But there's a lot of things that we can be unaware of in our lives that we're just, where we can experience the truth of this statement. And when we watch the news and we see how uh, just the, a lot of the devastating things that people experience around the world, it's the more we become aware of it, the more we can see how heartbreaking um, conditions are that people have to live in or political conflicts that exist around our world, we can see the more, the deeper, and the more, sometimes the more we know, the scarier it gets and the more discouraged we can get. But Peter is encouraging God's people here to be aware and to be alert and of sober mind. And so that's a good encouragement for us today. I know our lives are busy. For those of us who are working, you know, we say 40 hours, but it's a lot of times it's often more than that in Silicon Valley. Uh, if we come back home, it's easy to just be in complete vegetation mode to just like want to clear our minds because we've had a really stressful day at work. As I talk to many of you students, especially you upperclassmen who are going through AP tests and SATs or even preparing for uh, in the fall for the seniors with their college applications. Like having that time where we're just completely brain dead and unaware of things is something that we find very restful. And trust me, I've experienced that a lot in my own life as well. Where I'm just like, I just need to sit on the couch and turn on a football game or just turn my brain off for a while so I can recharge. And we all know that feeling. But Peter is encouraging the people of God here to be alert, and to be of sober mind. <clears throat> so that's the first thing. But as he goes on, we can see, if that's the first encouragement, is to be alert, to be watchful, to know what's actually going on, to be aware of reality. We can see that what he's asking them to be aware of, it actually might be worse than what they might think. And that is why I think we like to escape from reality so much. If the reality in our lives is painful, or if the more we know about something, we see the more negative effects that it has, then many times it makes total sense that we would want to ignore the painful things in our lives and just run away from them and just be in a, a, a state of just perpetual, like, uh, not, like not thinking about something or being completely brain dead or being uh, maybe even emotionally unattached to things that are going on. Take a look at what Peter says about what he wants God's people to be aware of. In the second part of verse 8, he says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so he's giving this picture of a being, the devil, that if you're aware, like, yes, you need to acknowledge that he exists and then be aware of what he's actually doing as well. 
And this is far from the only place in the New Testament where the biblical writers talk about the presence of spiritual darkness or spiritual warfare. And I think many times as believers in Christ, we like the, the, you know, the positive parts of church where we can sing songs that might encourage our hearts or we feel the warmth of fellowship with one another. But I don't know how often we understand the supernatural reality that's actually happening that scripture tries to help us to be aware of that is a reality in our lives. And that's what Peter is sharing with the people of God here in this passage. And so um, if you actually are aware of your surroundings <coughs> or reality, in this case, Peter is telling the people of God, this, is, this prowling lion, which is meant to describe Satan, is something you need to be aware of. Now, before I get into the thought exercise of us thinking that there's like a lion like prowling around us, this is what I mean when, we, if we become aware of reality, at times it can be way scarier than we think. Uh, a couple months back, I was hiking by myself in the Quicksilver Park down in deep Den. It's a place I love. It's a place where I love to go and pop in a sermon podcast or just be in solitude to kind of, as you know, just kind of unwind or just be in a, in a, in a place of peace. So I was walking along the hiking paths, it was, it was middle of May, and it's like, it's really nice outside, the, the grass is still relatively green from the rain that had come, and I'm just walking, I'm listening to a Tim Keller podcast, and that's usually what I do when I'm there. And then right in the middle of the path, I wasn't looking for it, I was not aware of it, there's just this giant snake there, standing there. And like, I'm so scared of snakes, like it freaked me out, to the point where I just froze, and it was like six feet away from me, I was like, what do I do? Do I back up? Do I, don't turn your back on it, because then you'll know where it is at all times. Like, is it going to chase me? Like, what's going on? And then I, like, slowly, it was, like, kind of, like, six feet away from me. I just went like this, and the edge of the path was, like, right here. And then as soon as I got it, I ran probably faster than I've ever run in my life. Because I was so scared that, like, it was actually there, right? And so that's, like, a picture of, like, okay, I, it, like, one of the things about snakes and why, like, I, I'm so scared of them is, like, I don't know that I've been hiking there since, uh, and it's not, I'm, I'm making the mental connections now as we go, but, like, they're really good at camouflage, right? So it's, like, in the middle of the path, but the colors blend in with the ground, so I couldn't see it. And so as soon as I was aware of it, it actually became way more scary. If we think about a lion, one of the things about a lion as a predator is they're famous for going and stalking their prey, right? I think that's why Peter uses this imagery really effectively to talk about the influence of Satan in our lives and in our world. Because hypothetically, if a lion is a really good predator and they're really good at stalking their prey and like, even though they weigh a lot, like walking very lightly on their paws to make sure you don't know that they're there, like, and then they come up and they can pounce on you from behind without you being even aware of it. And so that's a, if you think about that as a physical reality, of course that would be super scary. But if we see that the, the reason why Peter is using this, uh, this illustration for the people of God to encourage them is he's saying, look, this is how the devil often works in our lives. And the reality that he wants them to be aware of can actually be quite a bit scarier than we might think. And so um, there's a quote that I love. Uh, I did a deep dive on the origin of it. Um, I first became aware of it as a quote in the movie uh, The Usual Suspects, which almost none of you in this room have probably seen because you like, yeah, I, I know, but you're like my age here, so that's why, you know. But 
There's a quote where, in this movie, I'm not going to spoil any of it because it's a great movie. You should watch it if you get a chance. But it's, it's really about like, kind of a heist that's going on. And the quote that comes out of, that comes out of the movie that's also been written about going all the way back to like, 18th century French poetry. And like, there's a debate on where it actually originated from that people are unsure of. But um, I wish I had the slides so you could see it written, but you'll just have to listen to me say it. But in the movie or in this poetry, there's this, there's this quote that says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. Let me say it again. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And so in this case, Peter is asking the people of God to be aware of the reality of the devil and the effects that he can have in our world and in our lives. And so what that shows us is there are, like, within the supernatural realm, there are things taking place that we are often not aware of, but that are true and that have a deep effect on our lives. Um, <clears throat> as I was thinking about this idea, uh, oh, uh, if, if we want to read more along the lines of, like, because I think that's a really great quote and really insightful in a lot of ways, by no means is The Usual Suspects a Christian movie, but uh, it's a very deep and thought-provoking quote, right? Um, C.S. Lewis writes a really fantastic book called The Screwtape Letters. I was going through it a little bit this week when I was reading this passage. And the book is about, uh, it's written from the perspective of someone who has a position in hell who is training like his underling to think about how to kind of attack human beings like in their minds or in the ways that they live without them kind of knowing it. It's a really fascinating book and that's what makes, makes C.S. Lewis such a genius as an author. Um, you guys know Daniel's the one who reads everything. I'm not a big reader, so I've read that book before. I, studying this passage actually makes me want to go back and read it again, but the amount of times I said, I'll read a book and go back to it, and me actually doing it is very low. And so, um, but another illustration of this that I think is really powerful, and it, it involves another movie that many of you probably haven't seen. I was pulling some of the youth group yesterday. I think most of them haven't seen it. Um, but when I was in high school, a uh, really fantastic movie called The Matrix came out, right? How many of you, just by, I wasn't going to do this because I was going to be depressed, but let's just do it. How many of you have actually seen the movie The Matrix? Okay, some of the young people have, right? And if you've seen the movie, man, it's such, like, I remember when it came out in high school, like, I immediately watched it, like, twice in the theaters. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. But the premise the premise of the matrix is that there is it's very similar to, I think, what Peter is asking us to consider, where our world may be way more like sophisticated and in dark and twisted ways than we might think. And the main character, played by Keanu Reeves, there's a point where he is about to discover the truth about our world. And Morpheus, the one who kind of is the one who's able to uh, kind of give him the truth, he gives him the choice of taking what, either a red pill or a blue pill. And the blue pill is you wake up, you go back to your normal life as if nothing happened. And then, I mean, that's truly the idea of ignorance is bliss, right? But if you take the red pill, you become aware of all the spiritual realities that are there. And I think an important part of our faith in God is taking the red pill, so to speak, and being aware of the spiritual realities that actually exist in our lives. And Peter's trying to call God's people to attention of it here. And if you've seen the movie, you see, as soon as Neo becomes enlightened, 
to the realities in the world as they are explained. He sees it is way more complicated and way scarier than you ever might think. And that's what makes it such an interesting and thought-provoking uh, movie. <clears throat> and so I would say that uh, what this has made me realize in my life as a Christian is that we all go through trials, tribulations, many things that we experience. And I'll say more about this at the end, but I think a lot of times our trials and tribulations have to deal with our human relationships. And being unaware of the spiritual realm means we usually put the blame when we have relational problems on another human person. And that causes more friction in our relationships. Where if we realize that all of us are being attacked by a roaring lion that is Satan, that is influencing us in a lot of ways that we might not know, and which is why God's wisdom is so important for our lives, then if we can start to under, uh, understand and see, hey, this person is struggling in this way, and maybe that's why they said a hurtful word to me. And like, the, the point of all this is not to excuse any kind of human behavior, but it's how, to have the perspective that perhaps there's a different force at play that causes us to have challenges and friction in our relationships, in our lives. And I think Peter is trying to call attention to that of God's people as he writes to them. Um, I had a mentor when I was in college and in seminary who, when I was a freshman, he was a senior, and I went to the same campus ministry where he was kind of our, it was a student-led ministry, so he was kind of the president of it. And then when I wanted to go into ministry, I, when I went to seminary, he had been there three years before me. So I kind of followed him to both places, and I was fortunate that many years he was able to be a spiritual mentor to me. Um, this guy was like, it was really interesting because um, what his career choice to be a pastor meant him giving up a very uh, successful martial arts career that he had going. And it was interesting because he was so skilled as a martial arts kind of like person that um, he had done some light kind of stunt double work in movies because he was like so skilled at like fight scenes and things like that to the point where we would make these cheesy like kind of Christian films like with our fellowship where he would choreograph all these crazy fight scenes. And it's interesting because some people who knew him kind of in that realm of being a stunt double, they asked him, hey, like, don't you miss, like, why don't you want to do this full time as like a stunt double or someone who gets to practice all your martial arts skills all the time? And I'm going to tell you half of his answer. I'll tell you the second half at the end. But part of his answer was he said, I'm actually doing something way more dangerous than just stunt And he was referring to Christian ministry as dangerous. And the reason for that, he was saying, if we are aware of the spiritual realities and the role of Satan in our world, then there is actually great danger that we're not always aware of when it comes to like being aware of like Satan and what he's doing and the powers in this world. And so this is where I can see that ignorance truly is bliss. But as I've spent many years trying to be a disciple of Jesus and trying to grow in my faith, I've realized I would rather be aware of these truths than not. I would rather be aware of the harsh realities of, of what can happen than not. And there's a reason for that. And that comes from what happens in the rest of the verse that we're going to see. And so finally, we see that if we want to be aware of reality, 
and that the reality might be scarier than we might think, the last thing we're going to see in this passage is that we still can trust in our supernatural God. Because we might say, Dan, you're just, you're, if you're just like out to scare us this morning about like a spiritual realm that we might not see but sounds like really intricate and dangerous, like what's the point of all that? And I think the point of it is what Peter writes to the people of God to say, the world is way more dangerous and way scarier than we think, even in the spiritual realm, and we can still experience victory in it because of who our God is. And I think that's what Peter gets at as he, as he continues on in verse 9. Notice that he says, okay, be aware of the, spirit, of the harsh spiritual realities in our world. But Peter does not say that we are powerless and that we have nothing that we can do when it comes to the influence of Satan in our world. He says in verse 9, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And what this teaches us is that in the presence of like God and his truth, Satan, and you see this especially in the book of Revelation, Satan is actively working to try to tear down our faith, to try to pull us down, to like uh, to feel discouraged, to feel hopeless, and to think that there's no hope or point or encouragement that we can live for. Um, I've shared this before in a sermon in a different context, but I was definitely experiencing it again this week, and I was thinking about it a lot, but um, I probably experienced the most kind of, like, the dark, uh, it's like, it's not even that, like, I wouldn't say it's that serious or that bad, but I feel like the most anxious and the most kind of, like, something's not right in my life about an hour before youth group every Friday. And I realized, when I started thinking, when I became, when I was thinking about this this week in relation to this passage, I realized I've had this thought process, like, I've been doing this like 12 years now, it's been a while, like, but I realized every Friday, like, before youth group, there's like moments of either doubt or discouragement about what we're gonna do that night, or I've shared with you, like, my thought process is, you know, like the worship team comes at like 6.30 and so like I like to be here because I like to be prepared so I like to be here like an hour before that or 30 minutes before that and I realize I'm just sitting there in my own anxieties of like what I think might go wrong on that night and I have like 12 years of God's faithfulness of seeing like how good it is when we spend time together on a Friday night and so like all of my fears of like what I think is going to go wrong or I'm like Oh, what if no one shows up tonight? Like, what if, like, you know, we're back to pandemic times where there's only, like, five people and it's, like, not exciting or we don't have a good time together? All these thoughts of doubt and discouragement fill my mind every Friday before you group. Like, I realize that's something I experience. And then it's amazing because as soon as the first person comes through the door, like, all those doubts are gone. And we can just, like, do what we're meant to do during youth group. But I realize that I've experienced this also when we've been on uh, mission trips before. Like someone will get sick or there will be some kind of conflict that comes up unexpectedly. And the point of that is when good spiritual things are happening, the evil one will try as best as he can to tear us down and sow seeds of dissent or fill us with thoughts of doubts or discouragement or whatever it might be to try to pull us down. And I realize that's something that I've been experiencing quite often throughout like the many years of youth ministry that I've been here. Lately, for the last several months, many of you know I, I volunteer as a basketball coach. I haven't had time to worry about it because I'm coming straight from the gym to youth group and I realized like, oh man, ignorance truly is bliss because I'm not sitting here like, 
you know, like waiting for people to show up and worried about what's going to happen. Because then at that point, I'm just worried about showing up on time. And so it's a really interesting thought experiment. But it made me think that I can see all the ways where the evil one is trying to sow like seeds of doubt in my mind before a spiritual gathering that we have. And I think the spiritual reality that exists in our world is far more complicated than we might think. And that's been a, a truth that I've been able to learn. And so this past Friday, having read through this passage a bunch during the week, it, while I was sitting in the office by myself thinking about all the ways that, like, I don't know, maybe, like, we won't have a music team show up tonight, even though, like, that's so ridiculous because the same group shows up literally every week. Like, I have weeks and weeks and weeks of God, like, bringing people and showing his faithfulness over and over again. Why do I doubt that someone might show up? Or, like, today, this is fantastic. It's like, I was driving here, and I saw, like, the rain and the wind. I thought, oh, man, no one's going to come to church today. Like, we probably have more people here today than we did last week, which is incredible, right? And so there's all these ways that I think the evil one is trying to mess with my mind to, like, try to get me to not believe in God's goodness or to affect my mindset or the ways I might speak to people. And I think this is way more real in our lives than we might think. I think a lot of times when we have some kind of conflict within our families, with close friends, with brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, there's a spiritual element that's happening in each individual person's lives that can contribute to that conflict. And that's what it means that Satan is prowling around like a roaring lion. And so when Peter says, but resist him, and to know, like, he gives some encouragement because what he's telling the believers is he's saying, look, you're not alone in this. There are, at the time, the early church was experiencing so much persecution. And if you go back to the, the first chapter of 1 Peter, you see their circumstances. And that's why Peter knew he needed to encourage the brothers and sisters with this. If you have a crazy thought life where your thoughts turn negative very easily, I share what my, like, 30 minutes to an hour before a youth group is like. So you would know, hey, it's not just you. We're all in this together where we experience these similar types of things in our lives. And if we are more aware of it, like, yes, ignorance is bliss. But as I've come to, like, many years of trying to, like, make sense of what it's like to follow Jesus day by day, minute by minute, I realize I would rather be aware of these things than not. And that's because, like, once people start to kind of walk through the doors... And like we have a really great time together, which we always do on Friday nights in Easter. I realize, like, man, God's power is so much bigger than those momentary, like, just minutes of doubt, which honestly are quite powerful. The the point of all this is not to say, like, oh, because of God's power, we don't have to worry about the devil. He's like this little, like, you know, kind of like mini power that we don't have to worry about. No, I think that the more we become aware of it, we know the power of spiritual darkness in our world. But the good news is that God overcomes. He gives us the power to resist, to resist, and to know that we are not alone in these ways. And that there's purpose in it as well. Because in verse 10, Peter says, The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And I realize in moments where I've gone through, like, kind of some of the... the the darkest kind of like thought experiences I've had, which I would now attribute to the presence of, of evil and, and what Satan is doing, I realize that when you can go through it and then realize that God is with you and God's presence lives in you and gives you the power to go through those things, like 
I would much rather be aware of the spiritual power that we also have to overcome all the realities that we might like to ignore and pretend like they don't exist. Um, in a related passage, um, if you go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, I want to end with this verse. Um, but as Daniel was preaching on this passage at a conference we did one time, um, Ephesians chapter 6, I think I wrote it wrong in my notes. Let me make sure I've got the right verse. Verse 12, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. This is in the passage that, uh, that refers to the armor of God, right? And the context of this is similar to what we're reading in 1 Peter, where Paul is writing to show, he says, hey, put on the armor of God, and there's all these different descriptions, the sword of the spirit, and, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, etc., etc. But it's really, it's really I, I think Paul really agrees with Peter here in his writing, because in verse 12 he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And that's why he goes on to say, therefore, put on the full armor of God. And so Paul is also calling attention to the invisible powers that exist in this world. But he is also saying, we are not powerless. God gives us the armor of God to fight against these uh, effects of spiritual warfare that exist in our lives. Daniel's application of that um, was quite funny. Because at the time, as an intern in our church, he was mainly dealing with the junior high boys. And junior high boys in here don't know this is know that this is not about you, because you guys are all good children. But he was saying he would be frustrated if the junior high boys wouldn't listen to him at youth group. But what this passage taught him, where it says our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, he had to realize, okay, if Friday nights are hard for me because I'm dealing with the junior high boys and they don't obey me, my struggle is actually not against them. There's a deeper force in play that I think wants to like kind of distract us when we're at church to like sow seeds of dissent or doubt or whatever it might be. And I would say, uh, having been here during Daniel's time as a youth intern, like prior, like I think Daniel had it easy because what junior high boy ministry looked like before Daniel came, like now let me tell you another story and don't get any like don't get any uh, ideas about this junior high boys like don't do this right. But one of our church elders, Uncle Peter, he wanted to volunteer as a youth counselor for a while. And I, this was not my decision, but our previous pastor, English pastor put him in charge of the junior high boys, which was an interesting choice. Um, but anyway, at the end of a small group Bible study, they're sitting in the pews in the sanctuary. And Uncle Peter says, okay, let's pray. Close your eyes. And um, let's, how do I put it? If you know Uncle Peter, um, his prayers are not short. Okay? Like, they, they can go on for a while. And so he's praying at the end of Bible study, and then when he opens his eyes and says, Amen, he realizes he's sitting in the pews all by himself. <laughs> the, and they were sitting in the corner, like, where, so what happened was the junior high boys had, while he was praying, when everyone's eyes were closed, had crawled under the pews and ran out of the sanctuary and were God knows where in the church on Friday night. Now, you can see where, as like someone who's volunteering, and it was like relatively early on, that can be super discouraging. And you can say, like, well, why am I doing this? And that is a way where seeds of doubt can be sowed in our minds. And fortunately, Uncle Peter, who's um, a very faithful man, didn't let it bother him, and he just 
I kind of played it off as like kids being kids, but you kids don't do that, okay? Like, let's not, let's not do that, all right? But the point is, I shared this story to say like, when Daniel was talking about the struggle, a breakthrough for him was realizing the people I'm having trouble dealing with are not the enemy. There's a greater enemy in place that we can't often see that's prowling around like a roaring lion. And what we see here is Peter and Paul, two prominent New Testament authors, and church leaders are both trying to show that there is this spiritual reality that we're not often aware of. Now, I don't know what that looks like in each one of our lives, but I think if we were to understand that the effects of spiritual darkness actually attack us way more often than we think, then we can be better prepared for how to experience the goodness of God, how to put on the armor of God, and how to resist these these trials and tribulations that come up in our lives at different times. And I think that's why the people of God, as they were experiencing it, God gave them these words to share with the early church in different contexts back then that we can still benefit from today. So my friend, who was a stunt double in a lot of ways, when someone asked him, why aren't you doing martial arts work? He said, well, I found a career that's way more dangerous. But the second part of that quote, that we said, that's also more exciting and more fulfilling. And he told me some crazy stories of like things that happened in his church, like supernatural things. Like I don't think we've dealt with that a lot here, and I think that's honestly because sometimes we live in the ignorance is bliss camp, like quite often. But he told me some crazy stories of like spiritual warfare that he experienced. I don't want to go into it all like right now at this moment. It's almost lunchtime. He told me a lot of crazy stories. And so when he said, like, actually, like, you know, praying with church members in really difficult situations was actually way more dangerous to him than, like, jumping from, like, building to building, which is pretty physically dangerous if you think about it. Like, that was a reality to him. And you could see, he's not just saying this, like, to say it, but he actually believed it. And that's what made him such an effective mentor for me and a pastor even now to this day. Um, over the course of the movie in The Matrix, as Neo becomes aware of the realities in the world, like you get to see how much, how infinitely more dangerous the world was as he took the red pill and was aware of all the realities. But in the ending scene, the iconic, like, you know, where he's like dodging bullets, like falling backwards, right? And then like actually doing something that was helping deliver our world from the presence of darkness, you could see that yes, it was dangerous but you could see how fulfilling that was. We can choose to be ignorant to the spiritual darkness that exists in our world all we want. Like that's the blue pill. Many of us take that choice all the time. But in the years that I've like come to trust God and try to follow him, I've seen it's infinitely better to actually be aware of the spiritual realities that exist in our lives and to see how God wants to do it. And the practical application of that that I don't have a ton of time to go into is to say if, like, if we are having some kind of deep conflict with another brother or sister in Christ or a family member, if we can understand that they are not the enemy, but there's a deeper enemy that's trying to sow, sow seeds of discord amongst us, and we can pause and pray and ask God to help us in those moments, then we have way more power to fight against the spiritual realities that we're often choosing to ignore. And I really think being aware of the spiritual realities helps set us free in our relationships with one another. 
helps us grow spiritually and see how God is growing us in our lives. And that's not an easy truth for us to think about. But anytime I see this, and from the ways that I've experienced this truth in my own life, where I'm like, man, looking back, I may not realize it in the moment, but I'm like, Satan was working extra hard. And there are times where Satan wins certain battles. But the beauty of knowing God as our Savior is that he will not win the war. And that's why understanding the spiritual realities, but Jesus' power over sin to help us experience grace, helps us know the living God who is with us in the moments where the spiritual realities are, are, can be super bleak 